0: What's the feeling on the streets of the Hunter? What's getting under your skin? Or making you hot under the collar? Let's take the temperature of the region. It's the pub test. It certainly is the pub test and he is back with us today after a, uh, a week of COVID. Good morning and welcome Ivan Spurds, how are you? Good
1: morning Tracy, how are you? Good to be back, good to be anywhere to be back. No
0: yeah, I was just about to say uh, you got it uh, last uh, last week and uh, you know, you're a little bit older these days my friend. And, uh, oh come on. How did it hit
1: you? Well, we did the usual, you know, uh, relay test. The daughter got it first about three or four weeks ago, did it for a week and then handed it to my wife. She had it for a week and then decided to uh, hand it to me. So first time any of us have had it, um, The uh, my daughter and wife, relatively unscathed, uh, just a bit of a sort of like a slight cold very lethargic. Uh, I, on the other hand, got there every single wave of it you could imagine. So I won't, uh, I won't distress your listeners with everything that went through, but, man, I got wiped out pretty big time, so... Um, and yeah, We, we were
0: talking. Uh, we're talking off air. The other members of the family are, uh, are triple vaxed. You're double vaxed. Do you think that had an, an impact on on why you got it so badly, or uh, just luck of the draw?
1: Oh, look, I don't think. Oh, look, I have no idea. To be, mm. to be fair, I, I don't think. I've got two other kids who are also, you know, um, in the mix, and they haven't had it yet either. Mm. So I've got no idea. Like, I think it's just such a random thing. Mm. I think it's obviously underlying medical conditions, depending what you read. It's a whole range of things. Mm. So. Depending uh, you know, how, how much of, you
0: drink, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, correct. <laughs> look, I'm in and out of Sydney all the time as yeah. well, and, you know, like, it's just, it, it's just there's different strains. I, I just think it's a bit of a lottery, depending on how you go, and, um, uh, but, mate, it was, I certainly would not recommend it, mm. uh, but it is still around, it's still mm. floating around, there's plenty of people who are getting it, and, uh, and, I, look, I, the other thing you and I said is, oh, this is the first time anyone in the family's had it, mm. so. I'm surprised that we got through sort of two and a half, three years, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if I've had it before yeah. and just didn't know. Um, and I think there's a quite a few people in that boat as well.
0: I agree with you there because uh, I haven't had it either. And uh, yeah, yeah, bugs come and go during you know during the last two and a half years, and you do wonder if uh, if you were you know either asymptomatic or if you had a very slight uh, case, you just don't know, do you?
1: Well, the other thing you see, my wife, she's a, she's a great sceptic as well as I am, but she's a bit more clinical about it. So when she first did her test, she did one of the um, saliva tests. Mm. It said negative, but she's like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. So she did a nasal test, and it was like, ah, positive. So then she would did a PCR, and it was positive, right? So depending on which wow. test you do, yeah. And then she went back and did another saliva test again, like the day after, and it was still negative. Oh, so, so we're sitting there going, oh, "How many people do you reckon are went?" No, no, I don't have anything. Yep. And then, hey presto, uh, you've been loaded up. So, well, it's it is weird. such a random thing.
0: Yeah. Well, my daughter a couple of weeks ago, um, she did the saliva test at school. It went positive, so straight away, obviously, she was sent home. Um, but then we we were the opposite. We went for the PCR, and it was negative. And you know, we did the nose swab, and there it was go. negative again. And it's yeah, the, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of the saliva. I'm I'm still shove it up your nose person. <laughs> well, you know, enough, look, I it, yeah, I was yeah. going to say we might just leave that one right there and skip <laughs> right through now, mate. I tell you what, how about those uh, those soccer You know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, you know where we're sitting, the fact that uh, you know we really do need to start spending on on our grassroots and and the amount of money that is and isn't spent in football. Holy heck, I don't think you and I could have anticipated that we would get through to the uh, to the round of sixteen.
1: Not at all. Look, as you know, and I, I was fairly uh, unexcited about the whole thing. You know, I think the, the expectations were reasonably low, uh, and then amazingly, it's a it's a wonderful thing what a, a win or two will mm. do to not just a team but a nation. And uh, and fair play to them; they they played brilliantly. I, I thought they were a bit unlucky against Argentina. Um, no, just you know, a made mistake, you know. That, that's that's. I feel for goalkeepers, right? Because. Mm. You can be a, 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 an attacker or a midfielder, you make a mistake, what happens, the ball gets turned over and off mm. they go, right? You're a goalkeeper and you make a mistake, it's 1-0, 2-0, nil, nil, mm. it's all over. Yeah. So I feel for him, but look, I, I think it's fantastic, I think the, the two weeks have been very good for them. The interesting thing now is, is that, yet there's two things coming out of it. How excited are we still about the World Cup? Like, once your team's out, like, there's still games yeah. going on, like, we haven't finished, and Already, I feel like it's dissipating a little bit. Mm. Like, if you look at the media, they're not really promoting the games as much as they were. No. And that's okay. But it's still there, and the football purists love it. Like, you'll still watch a bit of it and see what happens. It's it's interesting from here. But then the other side of it is... I I
0: can't wait to see uh, England take on France. I think that will be the game of the World Cup. I I just can't wait for that one.
1: It'll be a cracker, and look, Spain losing to Morocco would have also was about to set up Portugal-Spain, so that would have been a cracker. So you've got some really good—you've got Netherlands and Argentina. There's some really good games yeah. coming up. So um, it is—it it is, it is on track, though, Trace. That Argentina could be playing Portugal, which would be the Messi v Ronaldo final, right? Oh. Which is exactly what everyone sort of was wanting, and oh, we're still I didn't on track. Even think for that. about that. Yeah, so what's this space? Brazil probably will have a few things to say about yeah. it. More France, yeah. But um, but it's ex- it's an exciting sort of couple of weeks still to go uh, for those who love their football. Well, what am I going to do it?
0: with uh, with my Ronaldo numbers? You know, jersey that I got from Manchester United. You know, like a month and a half ago, paid seventy pounds for it. What am I going to do with it? Well,
1: there's probably not much you can do with it. But it's a good jammy <laughs> maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. As, this, as you were saying, yeah. got to capitalise, right? So yeah. The old story, they've been trying to do this stuff for 30, 40, 50 mm-hmm. years. How do we capitalise on football, uh, for football in this country? And oh, I don't think it's going to be as easy as everyone thinks. Um, you, 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 once again, it'll be, oh, we've got to invest more money. Yes, they should. The government mm-hmm. should invest more money, blah, 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 blah. There's, there's not enough green space, blah, 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 blah. But here's my tip. I actually think that the Women's World Cup next year will do more for football mm-hmm. in this country than the men's just did. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is the uplift will be greater in the sense of young girls and women who are already playing in good numbers but will increase again, particularly if Australia have a great run.
0: I agree with you there, and, and you know it's the same as the NRLW. You, you can't you can't be what you can't see. You know, if you can't see a female prime minister, you, you, you can't be it. If Correct. you could, if you see these these magnificent athletes out there on the field, and the Matildas are a, a bloody good outfit, and and I think they're only going to get better once they're playing at home. It's going to make a big difference, I think. Once uh, once the World Cup gets underway. I'm scared, Ivan, that uh, that the the weight of expectation on the Matildas will be so high that uh, we will potentially be be let down. But we've got to rely on the rest of the world to come through and show our girls what we can do. And uh, and I agree completely with you that the uptake will be enormous.
1: Yeah, look, you know that the home tournaments are always a poison chalice because. If you win, like it's just unbelievable. Like the, you're playing in front of family, friends, your country, all those sorts of things. But the pressure on any home country in any tournament is just immense because mm-hmm. the expectation is there. But Let's narrow that right down, okay? What do you reckon the pressure on Sam Kerr is going to be?
0: Oh.
1: Like, when you start diluting it down from the team to individuals to superstars, Sam Kerr is going to be under so much pressure. Mm-hmm that tournament to score, to, to to assist, to to carry the nation. Uh, and she's a fantastic athlete. And that's why when you have like the Cathy Freeman moments where mm. when she rises above it all to win, that people go, that is phenomenal. And, and that's what Sam Kerr is staring down the barrel of. She could literally carry a nation to glory or, or, or crumble under a pressure. Now, let's hope it's the first one.
0: Okay, if you were sitting in, uh, in David Elan's seat over at Northern New South Wales, what would you be doing today to try and capitalise on uh, just how incredible the, the Socceroos' performance was? You're in the lead-up to, uh, to the, the World Cup here in Australia for women. What would you be doing?
1: Well, I think, that, I think they're starting to do a little bit of that now, which is, you know, the A-League was made, so the World Cup's made out of the A-League, just sort of promoting your players. There's no doubt about it that at a local level... There's two different things here at play. Your A-League is currently in its season, as is the W-League. So, certainly, you can get the promotion for that. The problem for grassroots football is it's not in grassroots season. So, it is only November, December now. Yes, that'll carry on to January, February registration, no doubt about it. So, they would be thinking about how do we leverage that, that um, the, the enthusiasm, the the euphoria, how do we get that into a registration period in January, February, March? The only thing is is that it, it was only two weeks ago we were talking about how soccer is lost the first game and we were out, so a month or two can be a long time. Mm-hmm. so they need to they need to capitalise on that into the registration periods coming up in around about sort of six to eight weeks' time. So they'd be thinking about that right now not just uh, what happens this week because that's that's shame its his job in the jet mm-hmm. to get people at the games, as were the you know the Mariners this this week of. Got the big derby, but they've got three of the guys coming back. Mm. Fantastic for them. but People will need to go back and watch that uh, at, at at the ground now. But from David's perspective, it's a grassroots registration mm. thing now.
0: From a grassroots perspective, obviously we've had uh, Mark Schwartz talking ad nauseum about the cost of of football. Do you think that'll turn off some parents?
1: And look, sport, and I've been in it for a long time, as you know, and it's. It sort of pains me to say that it just keeps creeping up. Mm. Uh, like all things in life, it's getting pretty expensive to play any sport. And I've been in both football and cricket. Mm. The difference is is that football is expensive as a registration process, and the only really equipment you need to buy is you know your short, your boots and your shin pads, mm. maybe a pair of shorts, right? But the actual cost of registration seems to be very high, and there's reasons for that. There's a different funding model from governing bodies, blah, blah, blah. It's sort of bottom-up, not top-down. Cricket's the other way. It's inverted. It comes from top-down, so a lot of us had a broadcast blah, blah, blah. So it's relatively cheap for someone to play cricket. However, you've got to buy bats, pads, boxes, bags, helmets, gloves. You know, all of a sudden, it ends up costing you roughly the same, Mm. but for different reasons. Now, as a parent... Yep, you've got three kids who all want to play sport or do something, it can add up quickly. Um, and football, again, has to look at its model. Now, the only thing I... Swartz has said something about subsidising sport. I, I'm not a fan of that no. because that immediately jacks up the prices at no. a club level and they're all struggling, most of them are volunteers, blah, 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 blah. But uh, it means that if subsidising means someone else is paying for mm. it. And it's not sustainable. Keep, we can't keep subsidising yeah. our way to... to, to um, to access. It just yeah. doesn't
0: work that way. Well, I mean, you and I have had this conversation. You know, um, Mia went from playing club club football, which, uh, you know, was $150, $250 registration, something like that, to playing, uh, you know, in the WPL, which is the, uh, the professional, you know, the semi-professional side where yep. you, get, you move up to the next level. Ivan, twenty five hundred dollars for registration, and uh, you know, and then I had her uniforms on top of that. That is a yep. big expense. If, if, and that's that's just the the local, you know, NPL sides. If you're going into the the emerging jets, if you're going into the jets academies, that skyrockets even more. It really, it's tough to become elite, isn't
1: it? R- really hard. And again, the people in the middle of the clubs and the, who are the ones trying to do a lot of these things. And in fairness, they don't they've got their own costs, right? Okay. So this goes right down to there's different little paths. But think about the cost of council hiring council grounds. Mm. I right? was seeing some pretty you know, infamous oh. ones with Mayfield recently. And, yes, $40,000 and
0: or something, wasn't it? And that was with a subsidy.
1: Correct. correct. Mm. And I've seen this across the board. You know, again, GM of cricket and community cricket, you, you do, at one stage we're dealing with like 138 different local councils across the state. They all set their own prices. So mm. you literally have situations where... A council, uh, council A, might charge you five grand for the year for the use of their fields, and council B, sitting next to it, charges you fifteen. Mm. Now they're exactly the same gr- sort of ground, mm. but they're in different councils, and they're being driven by council budgets and whether they you know, uh, whether they're in the red or in the mm. black or whatever the case might be. So that then filters into clubs. So there's not even an even playing field, pardon the pun, for clubs in sport mm. because two clubs might have the same size, but they're dealing with different councils. And some clubs and associations deal across many councils. So you can literally, Newcastle Cricket, for example, mm. or, you know, they've got Lake Macquarie Council and Newcastle Council and Port Stevens Council to deal with. They're three different rates, right? So the, the poor volunteers sitting in volunteer land are trying to work out how to make this all happen. There was that point at, at one stage where we we're talking about governments maybe standardising mm. green space costs for, for volunteer associations. That's something that need possibly be looked at. Because otherwise, clubs are not coming off an even field. And we're not talking about stadiums here. No, We're no. talking about Adamstown Ovals. We're mm. talking about, you know, uh, you know, whatever park you can, your local um, park is. So it's tough for sport. It's going to get tougher for sport. Mm. Um, and I know every, despite what what it looks like sometimes, sports generally don't want to make it expensive. They want people to play. They want people to grow and have social connections and, and be part of a community. So that, there's a genuineness behind that. It's just getting harder and harder and harder. Yeah, oh look, the dollars
0: are getting squeezed more and more. Now very quickly before we leave, uh, you've been around the shopping centres lately. have you been uh, have you started your Chrissy oh, shopping?
1: Tracy, I, I have to do a public service announcement. <laughs> if you go to a shopping centre, right? listen, everyone listening, if you go to a shopping centre and you're waiting for a car spot and you drive past that car spot, but you see the lights come on, you cannot reverse back to take that spot. Once you pass the spot, that's it, it's over. It's the cars behind you. And the amount of people who sit there and go, oh, hang on, that guy just turning lights on, I'm going to hit the brake lights, I'm going to stop and reverse back into it. No, 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 no. You you've fought, passed you it. gone. You've gone. You've gone past that. Okay. But please don't reverse. Do you understand? Do you know what I'm talking about? I
0: know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Oh, my God. Drives you nuts. What do they think, think the people behind you are going to do? They, they can't reverse either because there's back-to-back-to-back traffic. So, anyway, just probably announce it. Once you pass passed it, it's not yours. It's over. Move on. There's something up the road somewhere.
0: Okay, thank you. I feel so much better. I feel like I've been talking to Paul Scott now.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, look, have a great Christmas, mate.
0: <laughs> you too, my friend. Uh, stay safe. I know you're up there uh, on holidays in Foster. Please stay safe you're and crazy, uh, and hopefully... Oh, shut up. Be quiet. It's going to rain down here today. Oh. Yeah.
1: All right. Have you a stay safe.
0: Christmas. Thanks, you mate. Too. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, I, I do feel much better now that uh, we've had that grumpiness. That's much, much better. Newcastle in the Morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the
1: morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.